0: The stock market closed mostly unchanged on Monday. Smith & Wesson Brands, Inc. was down 1.4 percent. Vista Outdoors was down 2 percent. And in after-hours trading, it was down an additional 1 percent. Sturm Ruger & Company was down nearly 1 percent. All three of these companies manufacture guns and assault rifles for American consumers. Now, in the past, after a mass shooting, stocks like these would rise immediately. There would be a mass shooting, and immediately the conventional wisdom on Wall Street would be that gun lunatics are going to panic buy guns and ammunition because they figure the government is finally going to come to its senses and ban assault weapons. The panic buying of the guns and ammunition would mean An increase in business for the gun companies, which would be reflected by a rising share price on Wall Street. But over the weekend, there was yet another mass shooting, and the gun companies performed poorly on Wall Street Monday. What is the market seeing? This is odd. Usually, gun stocks go up after a mass shooting. What does Wall Street see? You're listening to The David Feldman Show, you happy, self-actualized hump. Perhaps gun nuts are no longer panic buying after each mass shooting. Perhaps the gun nuts can finally relax in the knowledge that Despite a vast majority of Americans wanting an assault weapons ban, it's not going to happen. Our government isn't going to take away their guns. They don't have to stockpile guns because the government isn't coming for them. They're not coming for the guns because our government cares more about the profitability of a handful of weapons manufacturers than it does the health and safety of our children. That could be one Of the reasons the share prices of gun stocks actually went down today they underperformed the stock market today apparently the days of panic buying are over the days of panic buying guns and ammunition after a mass shooting are over perhaps the other reason gun shares sunk on monday is guns specifically assault weapons are no longer a growth market The right wing in America is armed to its rotted out teeth. Maybe everyone who wants a gun has one. Maybe no matter how much further testosterone levels and sperm counts go down, no matter how much more the American penis shrinks, and seriously, the American penis is getting smaller, maybe no matter how high the rising number of impotent American men, no matter how many more American men report an increase in celibacy and loneliness, maybe the gun market is saturated. Everyone who is going to buy Cialis, penis extension surgery, pocket vaginas, mommy porn, and assault weapons, maybe they already bought it all. Maybe gun sales, just like the penises of the men who buy them, are no longer growing. See, I don't know, but maybe everybody who thinks they need a gun to feel like a man has one. Sorry, National Rifle Association, but not all American men can't get it up. I'm sorry, National Rifle Association, but not all American men are involuntarily celibate. Not all American men are Incapable of expressing their anger and disappointment through words and must resort to your weapons. Not all American men are so out of shape they can't throw a punch. So they need a so- sidearm. Maybe everybody who needs a gun in America has one. And to men who own guns realize what they're telegraphing to the world, they're saying my penis does not work. Somebody needs to explain that to these gun nuts. You're saying I haven't kissed a woman in decades. You're saying I'm addicted to porn. I'm weak. I can't defend myself intellectually or physically. I'm a loser. And the only thing that makes me feel like I have any power is a gun because I'm powerless. I have nothing. I have nothing. Yes, guns, guy's incredibly sexy it screams masculinity to me when you when you brandish your sidearm so maybe all the men in America who hate themselves who have no faith in their minds or bodies maybe all these rancid subhuman intellectual tapeworms Darwin's also rans as I call them I think of people who by assault, weapons as Darwin's also runs. Maybe they're fully stocked. Maybe that's why shares in gun companies went down today. Nobody needs any more guns. I doubt it. I doubt it, but it would be nice to think that everybody who needs a gun has one. But if you're thinking of buying a gun, if you're 16 or 17, you're watching me right now. Seriously, dude, you need to rethink the idea that owning a gun makes you look masculine or tough. You're telling the world when you carry a gun, when you buy a gun, when you go to a shooting range, you're you're telling the world, hey, everybody, look at how powerless and gullible I am. Real men don't need guns. Seriously, dude, you need to hang with real men. Real men don't need guns. And when we see you with your guns, we all know what you're overcompensating for. You're listening to The David Feldman Show. You happy, self-actualized hump. Let's talk Virginia with Howie Klein, founder and treasurer of the Blue America Pack. He writes down with tyranny. He has a special guest for us. Why is Virginia important this year?
1: Well, let me introduce our special guest first. And, and that's Jessica Anderson, who's running for the House of Delegates, uh, which is the lower house of the, the um, of the state legislature. Like in other places, they would normally call it either the House of Representatives or the Assembly. So anyway, Jessica is um, a progressive candidate who's running in this district, and we decided that we would bring her on to talk to us about her race, talk to us about why why, uh, the the Virginia um, elections are so important, and why legislative bodies are so important also. So anyway... Uh,
0: welcome, 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 Jessica people, Anderson.
1: That uh, the, the Virginia elections are this year, 2023, yes. not 2024 like every other state except New Jersey. <laughs> it's 2023. So, so we're talking about some, in fact, wh- when, when are the primaries, uh, Jessica? Uh,
2: primaries are June 20th. Primaries are June 20th, which I do not have one, but they are June 20th. And their voting is underway for the primaries as we speak.
0: And there's no primary for District right. 71? So now.
2: No, I am the only candidate for the Democratic uh, ticket, so no.
0: That's good.
1: You're running against a, re- a Republican who calls herself an incumbent as well.
2: Correct. She's a two-time incumbent who also has House leadership in the caucus.
1: Amanda Batten. Right, right. But but she doesn't, I mean, your district is different from the district that she used to represent. Am I right Co- there? Correct.
2: Correct, right. So, uh, the district that is now the 71st used to be called the 96 um, and basically the change was it lost what they call the uh red stronghold of york county and it gained the blue stronghold of city of williamsburg so it's a pretty pretty uh you know significant shift um, makes the seat a little more competitive uh, a lot of people noticed that ralph northam tim kane and joe biden all won this district the way they are now redrawn so that gives a lot of, um, you know, positivity my way that uh, this is a very flippable district. Uh, Yunkin won here, but I like to call Yunkin an anomaly uh, just simply because he just came in and unfortunately had the right messaging at the right time after a lot of parents uh, felt very disfranchised. COVID kind of isolated people. We are seeing a hyper, uh, you know, division in our nation. And he just, he just struck the right tune by engaging this whole parental rights narrative that we've seen Ron DeSantis sell and you know, all of these other states that are trying to sell packaged up in you know life's little bow of fascism. But uh yeah, so <laughs> um I think it's a really a really flippable seat. I'm really excited about running it. Um I can tell my candidate the the my opponents pretty concerned. Uh I think it's interesting. They're already trying to smear my name on the national stage. I made it to Fox News Digital this past week. Um, you know, that my and my they, governor
1: spokesman uh, what did they say about you yeah. on Fox News? I mean,
2: yeah, so they, what, what did clipped they, a, they, yeah, they clipped a video from 18 months ago that I had made right before the Yunkin and McAuliffe uh, governor's race, and it claimed that I am anti-parent choice parental rights. What's ironic is they're presenting this video as if I'm a teacher, and so, of course, every comment I'm getting is, she wants to indoctrinate our children. I'm like, no, actually, I made this video as a Public school parent, just like you, um, and my and my message was pretty clear that I didn't want a singular parent to have the ability to dictate the curricula in the classroom that impacts all of the students in the classroom. You know that that's not the way that's not the way the system structures. But they're trying to do what they did to McAuliffe and, and, and imply that I don't want them to have engagement or access to their child's education, which is absolutely the opposite of what I've advocated for. Um, I'm simply stating that when it comes to curricula, you know those are things that are already created and parents can engage with the teachers with the admin, with the you know the staff to make any changes they see you know maybe are necessary for their child individually. but again, it should not impact the entire classroom. you know that that's when we're kind of leeching into this whole these fascist movements we've seen with all these uh, bills like in you know Florida under DeSantis, you know the parental rights bill, the you know trans bathroom bills, um, now we've got, What's, what's the latest one he's pushing through? Um, he's going after higher ed and, and dictating what kind of, you know, curriculums they could have. So these are kind of the slippery slopes that we're going to find ourselves in Virginia if we allow Yunkin to gain the House majority or maintain the House majority and gain the Senate majority, which he currently does not have. So right. they um, now- That's one of the reasons that Virginia uh, 2023 right? is so critical.
1: Right now there's a Republican majority in the House. If you flip a Correct. seat and one other flip the seat that's it for the house the house majority for the republicans so that's another reason why this race is so so crucial now i know that you're really really out knocking doors constantly are you hearing about any of this stuff when you do when someone opens the door are they aware of these issues no
2: no are you talking about like what's going on kind of in the in the, the noise of the internet no Um, I've been very, you know, right now I'm knocking strong dim lean dim and no data, um, doors, and then I'm dropping lit at all the other doors. So I'm kind of in the mindset that even if I'm not knocking your door, I'm going to put something on your door or in your newspaper box that you're going to find out about me. So just this past weekend, I knocked 142 doors. I dropped lit in more than 300 homes. I did nine hours and 46,000 steps in this weekend. Um, and I'm, I think I'm just surpassing 600 knock doors and probably over a thousand or more pieces of lit that I've dropped. But, you know, every almost every door, with the exception of three that come to mind, have been pretty positive encounters. They're super excited to see you know, a Democrat on the ballot. Um, they're really excited about you know, what I stand for. Um, you know, most of them, some of them that are strong Dems, I don't even have to say what my message is and like, Oh, Democrat, okay, great. We're voting for you by um, so but um, I haven't really heard any of this kind of background noise. Uh, what's really cool is because I have such a large social media presence, you know, I do have more than 620,000 followers on TikTok, I have 40 plus 1000 30 plus 1000 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, people that I knock that I've never met are like, Oh, yeah, I know about you. So and so told me about you and I looked you up and Watch your videos. And they get this opportunity to kind of meet and get to know me without actually meeting and get to know me um, because my my personality is available for, you know, anyone's, you know, enjoyment or engagement at their leisure. Um, so I think that's something that I bring to the candidacy that a lot of campaigns don't. Um, this idea that you can literally at the touch of a button um, have access to a candidate and truly what they feel on the issues and how they apply it to their everyday life.
1: How often do you uh, do you put videos up on uh, social media?
2: Um, I do at least one a day. Um, some days I may do even upwards of three, maybe four. Um, but I do try to put up at least one a day, and then I'm pretty active both on Twitter as well, like Twitter, and then occasionally Facebook. Um, Facebook is more for the local, so anything that's dealing with local pol- local politics directly with you know this race or something going on at the state level or with the governor. That I keep on Facebook because I feel like it's more applicable, but by other social medias, I talk about national things, I relate it back to us, you know, kind of like the thing I wrote today, don't Florida or Virginia, like those types of things. Because looking at other red states and what they're doing and what they're wanting to do and what they're pushing forward, that's that translates to what would happen here if, you know, Youngkin got the trifecta of a you know, Republican run House, Senate, and of course the government ship. So we can't let that happen. Um, I I think people don't recognize or pay attention to Virginia. We are these off um, year elections. We're happening in between midterms and in between presidential elections, but we're also the bellwether state. Um, And a lot of times our elections that happen kind of set the tone for what the upcoming election year at the federal level is going to look like. So I feel like this is an election that a lot of people are looking at. I mean, we have We've already seen these secret meetings out in North Carolina where Republicans are like, "We've got to win Virginia. We know Youngkin's on board to do our agenda." I mean, they're they're saying the quiet part out loud, um, and we just need to make sure that the voters know what's on the ticket. I mean, reproductive rights, hands down, going to be thrown to the fire. Uh, they introduced five bills this year in the General Assembly, and if it wasn't for the Senate majority and you know the power of the House committees, those bills would have you know come through and. It, and they stopped them dead in their tracks. So they didn't even make it to the floor for a vote. Um, so again, I think these are things that we just have to continuously talk about in the public eye. Um, also right now, gun gun, you know, gun violence, um, gun control, that's front and center. It's every day is one, two, three mass shootings. We're at 199 mass shootings. We're not even at the 199 day of the year. And um, you know, it's because access to guns is too easy. And while we have some of the stricter gun laws in the South, you know, it's the fact that, again, we would be completely reverted um, if we lose any type of um, power in the House and the Senate um, as we have now. So um, that's kind of what's keeping it's us safe. It, yeah, it, it
1: sounds is really terror. dire. I,
2: it is. It, I mean, are you I getting, feel like are you getting we're starting from to know everything's on the line. Party? I, huh?
1: Are you getting support from the Virginia Democratic Party?
2: Oh, yeah. Yes, they're very supportive of me. They see me as a race that is contentious and competitive and flippable. So I am definitely on their target list. Um, I'm one of the top 20, you know, uh, campaigns that's on their target list for the delegate seats. Um, They've already kind of ensured me that I will have, they will pay for um, one polling. They're going to help me, you know, I I already have set up with their mailing system. Um, They are likely going to put a finance. Um, Person and a staffer on staff for me moving forward, probably in the June timeframe once I have a permanent campaign manager on staff. Um, Right now, I just have a deputy campaign manager that's working part-time. So yeah, no, they're definitely on board. They're definitely excited about my candidacy. I'm I'm sure um, I bring something to the table that's a little... Uh, quirky and different than what they deal with. I'm, I'm, you know, I joke sometimes. I'm like, I might be a PR nightmare. Sorry, guys, but um, but it's just I'm not someone that. What do you mean you bring side some sidelines to the line. table?
1: What is it
2: that? Um, I'm more outspoken. I, I'm more outspoken. I'm not one that's going to sit idly by. You know, for example, this whole thing kind of went down. This past Friday, where they twisted a video, an 18 month old video with purple hair. So, of course, now I'm getting the raging purple hair liberal comments. Um, but, you know, they, they tried to portray me as a, in this light, and I'm not someone that's gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna sit quiet and let it die. No, that's, you know, we, things aren't dying in the dark anymore. That's where cancer is growing. And that's how we ended up where we are right now in this debacle, and, you know, at the national level and many state levels, because people just assumed that the bad would go away.
0: And it oh, you're, you're freezing on us, Jessica. She is frozen, Howie. She's great. Well, frozen, where's, uh, our connection is frozen. So we have to wait for she, are you, I don't know if she can hear hear us. Should we invite her to come Friday and do, do a fundraiser Friday night for her? She's fantastic.
1: She is. And, and that would be great if we can do that. Uh, While we we her back now, let me talk a little bit about the contest that we have going on uh, for Jessica and four other progressive candidates in Virginia. So all of the candidates are running for either the House of Delegates, like Jessica is, or the state Senate. In the state Senate, the Democrats have a two-seat majority. They have to hold on to the majority. So we're raising money for uh, for five progressive candidates, uh, Jessica being one of them. And the way we're doing that is we're asking people to donate to either to all of the candidates or to any one of the candidates or any combination of the candidates if you make a donation of and no matter how much it is whether it's a thousand dollars or a hundred dollars or ten dollars or even one dollar although please uh, just give that a little you can if you don't unless you have to uh, you get entered into a um a drawing to win a uh a Nimrod platinum, platinum album. So Nimrod was a, a Green Day album, one of their best. And uh, and I and since I ran their record company, uh, they gave me a double the platinum. The Sun
2: here. Uh, yeah. She's
1: back. She's back. I, I think. Okay. Well, I was just. Go ahead, Howie. At the contest, uh, so people will uh, while you were away there for a minute. So anyway, if uh, anyone who's listening is welcome, they don't have to live in Virginia. Anybody who donates uh, uh, has an opportunity to to win that uh, RIAA certified uh, double platinum, beautiful, beautiful uh, Nimrod record, which just looks incredible and will be fantastic on I mean, anybody who knows a um, who knows a Green Day fan would, you know, what a great present it would be. Anyway, let me, let me ask a very important question.
0: Let me ask a very important. Not done yet. One.
1: Wait, wait, wait. The candidate who uh, gets the most donations will get a thousand dollar check from Blue America. So it's a it's a a, a two um, tiered. Yes. Okay. Have a chance to win the Green Day record. Most donations uh, gets a thousand dollars. So there, uh, somebody.
0: I'm sorry? Making an espresso? There is. I think she's in the—there's some wind coming in. I have a very important question. <laughs> I have an important question to ask yeah. you, Howie Klein. How, to, how do people donate to Jessica?
1: Well, this week—I mean, got to, you can go to Jessica's website— and donate at her website and and jessica but but this week it would be great if people went to the contest site instead and if you go to jessica's um website there's also a link for the contest page right jessica
2: yes yes so if you donate through the contest page this week that ends on saturday at midnight um, you can select me specifically and donate directly to me, or you can donate to all of the Virginia candidates by donating at the top, and it's dispersed evenly. Um, but in, and under any so how do they circumstances find your, outside uh, of this week, How do they
1: find the, the page to donate to you at? How do they find that page?
2: Yeah. So if you go to JessicaAndersonFORVA.com, um, that is my website. My Act Blue is at the very top and also has all of my issue pages, uh, you know, all of the information about me. Um, all of my socials are on there, so you can find me on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and and Twitter and all the places. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a one stop shop of everything. But it's Jessica Anderson forva. dot com.
1: So it's Jessica Anderson for Virginia, but it's F O R yep. for four and Virginia V A. Yep. Jessica Anderson yeah, yep. forva. dot com. No, no, uh, yep. no tricks there. Yep.
2: Yep. Correct. And your no name is just spelled like
1: the old normal- <laughs> Anderson. There, like yes. what? Yes. And a very normal, normal Jessica Anderson. Anderson. Right. right. Yes.
2: Very basic. So, basic. Jessica,
1: I know from talking to you that you uh, grew up or at some time lived uh, with a very, very conservative uh, Christian family. And and then you yeah. eventually wound up as a Bernie person. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that, how that uh, came about, how that change came about?
2: I can't. Yeah. So growing up, I was very apolitical. My parents did not talk politics. We did not talk, you know, there was like that rule. Do you don't talk politics? you Don't talk money. You don't talk religion, um, growing up. So we really didn't have those conversations. Um, I like to say my grandma taught us that we believe in God and we pray when shit goes south. That was kind of like all we were (laughs) taught. We didn't really have any other like conceptualization. She thought everyone in the church were hypocrites. So we didn't go to church. You know, we had no organized religion growing up. Um, but I met and married my now ex-husband, um, back in 2001. And basically, they were a super Christian consa- conservative family. Uh, very different for me. It was just not something again that I was raised in. They went to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, we're at Awana's like this was a very like dedicated church family. Um, met and married them was married actually engaged in less than like eight weeks married within a year. Um, went on to have three children uh, was married at age 20. I came and drink my own wedding um but went on to have three daughters over the course of our 13 year marriage um got divorced in 2014 kind of was expelled from my church because of the divorce so that was kind of like an eye opening experience for me that i was um a stain on their you know on their religion by going through this divorce even though i was doing it for the right reasons um so that was kind of my first domino that fell shall we say and then found myself on social safety nets and you know because i was a single mom of three daughters i no longer had health insurance so i had to get health insurance for my kids we were on ebt so i could put food on the table when i returned to the workforce um so a lot of struggles that i just never you know dealt with as an individual i grew up in a reg- relatively middle class you know white suburban family um me and my ex-husband while we you know struggled we we did okay we lived paycheck to paycheck we had months where we lived behind paycheck but we we got by So this was a really kind of low moment for me to really have to ask for help. Um, About a year after returning to the workforce, I got a slight pay increase of $5,000, super excited about that, only to discover I was gonna lose my um, EBT every month. So I exchanged $5,000 of taxable income for roughly $7,000 a year in food cost. Um, So it was really another experience where I'm like, why is the system set up for us to fail? Like, you know, I'm at a deficit now. Um, So again, another eye-opening moment, like we could be doing things differently. Fortunately, met and married my now husband. We married almost five years together, nearly eight. Met through the running community. I'm a big ultra runner. Um, And basically, you know, my financial situation changed because of that. But that's not the story for a lot of other people. So I went on to work at the public school system in the front office. You know, again, having some financial security gave me the ability to take a pretty significant pay cut and have a better schedule for my children. Um, and then I opened my eyes to this lack of equity, uh, the poverty situation, the food insecurities in our community. I'm seeing all of these things behind the scenes working in the school system. And it was just devastating because on the outside, especially in like the city of Williamsburg and James City County, you know, this community appears to be so collectively wealthy. And then you realize, actually, it's not. It's really not. And there's a lot of disparities going on and a massive you know, gap between the, the wealth state between, you know, the lower and the higher, you know, resources. I mean, at my school alone, we have William and Mary college professors with homeless community um, students. So that's, that's the caveat. Um, So then COVID happened, uh, which was just a nightmare. You know, again, food insecurities are at a level high. Children are not getting food because they're not in school every day. They can't find a quiet, safe space at home. They don't have Wi-Fi. just like just the foundational fracture that, that exists and this community that appeared so great on the outside to me all these years was like eye-opening. I found myself on TikTok, literally and figuratively, uh, started to talk politics after January 6th, built this massive following, um, and it gave me exposure to even more communities that I didn't have access to, the black community, indigenous communities, LGBTQ plus communities, Letting me hear their stories, letting me hear their their experiences, the, the oppression that they've experienced, you know, the shortcomings they've come through, you know, being marginalized, being judged based on either the color of their skin or their, you know, ch- who they choose to love, like all of these things just made me realize that we could be doing better in politics, and we could be doing better by the people in policy. Um, I briefly thought about running for Congress. That was about a, a week long live of last year. And then after some conversations, some things that happened locally um, and some local political activists that really talked me into like, your passions belong at local and state level. Um, you're passionate about reproductive rights. You're passionate about public education. Um, you're passionate about seeing more equity within our communities, like That's something you can really do at the state level. So September, I threw my name in the hat. Uh, January, I did all the work, got my petition signatures, got my paperwork done, um, and basically got a lot of people behind me and showed them for the last five months now that I am a hard-ass worker. Um, if I set my mind on something, I'm going to do it. And, and I feel like I've just been proving that ever since. Um, this is something I really want to do. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I feel really passionate about it. And I think that my opponent does not understand or relate to anybody in this community. And she's not a good representation of this community.
0: Can I ask you about the religious right? Because mm-hmm. I don't really pay attention to them until it's too late. I'm now discovering that in Texas, they want to get rid of no-fault divorce. I thought yes. it was a given that we would allow women, to, two-thirds of women initiate divorce to get out of usually abusive relationships. Okay. And now Correct. it turns out the Christian right wants to get rid of no-fault Divorces. forces I'm, I'm yeah. laughing Because I'm in A New York City bubble What else Are they dreaming up What other Fresh hells Do they have in store For oh, they us would,
2: they, they would love To reinstate Christianity Into the Into the school system But at, It's not because They want Christian schools It's actually because Or at least The politicians So I'm going to I'm going to be really real If you Deep dive Into Jerry Falwell Sr You kind of see the birth Of why we're Where we are today Um, This has been like a 50 year strong um, progression to this hellscape that we now see as the United States. Um, And and what brought that about was, you know, he literally um, got people on board with the pro-life forced birth movement because he realized that going against integration was Mm -hmm. not working for him. It wasn't the messaging he needed. So he knew he could get people on board and vote for the politicians he needed so he could maintain is Liberty Academy and his little Liberty university and keep them predominantly white. Um, you know, up until probably about 20 to 30 years ago, it was, it was still almost maybe 1%, um, not white population in these, you know, universities and academies. And we see this national push for school choice, which inevitably is self-destructing public education because a lot of these politicians aren't using the public education system. They don't need it to thrive. They don't need it to be successful because their kids are tucked away in private schools. Um, but they want those things to die because, so, and, and basically be underfunded, under, understaffed, and just at a, at, a, at a deficit so that the majority of people that are lower income, that have less economic um, success, that have less access to resources, are now going to be even more uneducated um, and have even more, less opportunity within society so that the only people that are going to thrive are majority white you know, citizens that have access to economic wealth. And can and then go to these public, private schools and these 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 expensive schools that will give them the needs and meet the needs that they want. And ironically, they want to funnel this public money into these institutions, knowing that these private institutions don't have to follow any guardrails by the by the state, none whatsoever. That they can churn away any student for any reason whatsoever with no 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 reason given. It could be the color of their skin. It could be based on academic. It could be they have a a black mark from a behavioral issue. It could be they have disabilities. Um, And then the fact that even to go to these schools with things like vouchers, you still need to have at least some type of economic wealth to make up the difference of tuition because they usually give out about six to seven thousand. These schools are costing upwards of ten, twenty thousand dollars a year. So you still have to have some type of privilege to even access these schools with vouchers in place. And if you look at any red state that is these, you know, Bible belts, their public schools are at the bottom of the of the bin. They are the, the bottom 20 are. Predominantly red schools that have school choice in place in their states, um, and they push it as a parental rights idea without ignoring the fact. And a lot of parents aren't realizing they're actually going to be harmed because, again, these politicians do not care if the public sphere succeeds because they're not right. using it for their own children.
0: Let me ask. So that's a you, let me ask you. Let me ask for just right. Let me ask Howie a question and then get your answer to this. I live in a bubble, and I always assume it's about class. That if. You take care of the 99 percent and the rising tide will lift all boats and they won't fall prey to fascism or the daring do of the Christian right. Is that true or is the Christian right in and of itself a movement that has nothing to do with poverty or uh, immiseration? Is this something that. Uh, Medicare for all and uh, universal basic income can't solve?
1: You know, the Christian right, actually, the funny thing is, even though they would fight against something like Social Security, they would fight against something like Medicare, fight against Medicaid. They use that stuff. They use it as much or more than anybody else. Uh, And then they get used to it and they like it. But, they, but, you know, when anyone comes along with something that's going to be helpful like that, that's going to help the working class, their pastors are leading the charge against it. And then they, you know, they're a bunch, of, usually they're a bunch of brainwashed zombies, I think. I mean, uh, can I you have, can
0: you have, Jessica, could we have Medicare for right. all? Could we have a, a union movement that provides livable wages to everybody in the South and still have the rise of Christian right, fundamentalists, anti-abortion, anti-LGBTQ, persecuting tra- transgender children. Yeah. C- can those two things happen at the same time?
2: Um, I The problem is that the Christian right has been kind of hijacked. Um, so my answer, I think, is is it's it's hard it's not because there's a side this this the political hierarchy on the right has convinced these people that if they're not against these movements they're not against these socialized programs you know and then they're in these crux of like it's socialism it's marxism it's communism i don't know what any of those three words mean but if they if they kind of paint them in that way then they will arbitrarily be against them even for the people that are like you said using them i know people like you said that are religious devout religious homeschool We're on social safety nets, taking advantage of famous because they were, and they literally condemn other people for doing it, calling them Right, but but if
0: you could pause for one second, let's try to answer this question Does class consciousness inoculate the masses from the the temptation of either fascism?
2: Oh, is it ending? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm going to come in. sorry
0: okay we have to wrap it up uh are we losing you over yeah although
1: um jessica uh david wants to invite you to a a fundraiser to raise
0: money for you okay why don't we wrap this up because you have to go right yes
2: yes
0: i've lost you jessica anderson you're you're fantastic go go i want to have you back and Howie will will sing your praises in your absence thank you jessica anderson you're fantastic and let's let's raise money for you right now thank you jessica we lost her howie so uh she's fantastic uh, one of the most articulate are you there howie i am
1: although i won't be for too much longer we're six minutes over and, I, and i'm making dinner okay
0: uh very quickly uh answer my question Will the will class consciousness inoculate the masses from falling prey to the Christian right? I don't think no. so. Right. I agree with you. No, uh, a, yeah,
1: I agree with you. Yeah. Well, okay. there, the, first of all, there is very little class consciousness. And, and you know, and, and especially in rural areas. I mean, what she was saying about socialism and communism, you hear that out of Trump all, uh, all the time. He's carrying on about socialism and communism. And people don't even know what he's talking about, but they know it's a bad thing. But they don't know they don't know why, or they don't know what, and they don't understand. Uh, so, so there's very little class consciousness by destroying the education system, which the Republicans have been doing gradually over decades, and now they're moving to you know do the coup de gras. Uh, then no one will ever know any, any what any of this stuff means.
0: Very quickly, plug Jessica Anderson. How to my listeners donate to her very quickly, and then I'll let you go. The,
1: b- the best way is to go to Jessica Anderson for F O R Jessica Anderson for Virginia V A. So Jessica Anderson F O R V A and you'll find all the information you need there.
0: Read Howie Klein over. Down with tyranny. Thank you, Howie. Thanks, David. Take care. Hey. You're listening to The David Feldman Show, you happy, self-actualized
2: hump.